Hi, and welcome back to the Black Zen Weekly Wellness Podcast. I am here with my sister and co-founder, Stacy, and I am Jasmine. For those who don't know what the Weekly Wellness is, it is a weekly email that goes out every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it's really all about how do we begin to level up in every area of our life, and we use meditation as that anchor to do that um, and to start really thinking about our lives differently and approaching our lives in a way that's really thoughtful and conducive to getting us where we're trying to go. And what better way to think about meditation and where you want to go and apply it to a career, Mm -hmm. apply it to your professional life. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been the most transformative in terms of how I've approached work. Sure. Right. And I think that's very beneficial. So our topic this week, Mm -hmm. weekly wellness, our topic this week was leveling up at work and how to get a seat at the table. And who we have with us this week is so exciting. I have the co-founders of The Memo. I basically stalked these ladies and (laughs) sent them an email (laughs) and love everything that they were doing. And I don't know that I can even do their intro justice, but I will just say they have been featured in the Huffington Post. They've been featured in Essence. They've been featured in The Guardian. um, And they are a couple of powerhouses that I'm excited to hear from today because rather than go through the articles like we normally do, we have the experts in the room. So (laughs) I have a whole host of questions that I want to ask them. But before we do that, can you guys just say hello and tell us a little bit about uh, the memo and what prompted you all to start it? Yes. Well, thank you for both having us. It's really exciting to be here. This is Minda, and I'll let Lauren introduce herself. Hi, this is Lauren. Thanks for having us. Yes. So basically, you know, it was around 2015, and I started thinking about legacy and career development and what that looks like for women of color in the workplace. And so a lot of the career platforms use women or woman as an umbrella, and that means all women, right? But we know that women of color tend to have unique challenges in the workplace due to systemic history in in our country. And so we wanted to have content and curriculum geared toward helping women of color prepare for their seat at the table. And once they secure that seat, then helping them navigate those workplace politics. And and that's how the memo began. And so did you get the memo? Now you have the memo. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Lauren, how did you get started? So Minda's told this story, I think, a couple of times, and it's always so funny. So we were friends, and we were both working in higher education. Minda kept telling me, I have this great idea for a business, and one day you're going to be my co-founder. I thought Minda was just being funny, and she (laughs) ended up being right. (laughs) I worked for a while in management, and what I loved about it was helping to develop other people. So when... Minda came with this idea and this opportunity to create a platform where we could start paying it forward to other women. I just knew that it was something that I wanted to be a part of. No, I that's great. It. Having Being able to have a community of people, whether it's a meditative community mm-hmm. for support or a professional group of support, it really makes a difference in how we're all able to um, prop each other up sometimes, yes. you know, and just have someone else to work out the different things that happen at work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause <laughs> and to know you're not alone, that there's somebody else in that process and you have, and I imagine that in the group, in uh, the group you have like a mix of people who are just starting out plus people who are kind of mid-career and those who have, you know, kind of gone on to have some professional success. So there's a mix of people that are in your community. Is that true? Yeah, it, it's definitely true that we have a mix of women from all different 
industries, all different age groups, and they're in different places in their careers. So it's wonderful to see just the mix of personality and that in addition to the memo providing career development advice and boot camps, we're able to get information from other women who have been there and done that. And, you know, it's sort of everybody's taken a little bit from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I love that. I know. Amanda, did you want to say something on that too? I think that it's, it's important that I think women, regardless of what stage they're at, whether you're transitioning back into the workforce or you feel like you're just stuck, we have the tools to help you navigate that cycle in our community ranges from all those different perspectives. And so um, that's one of the great things about us because it's also uh, intergenerational. So the older, more seasoned women can help the younger women, et cetera. I like that. I love that. I think that's great. We actually just we talked about a, that a, yeah, a couple weeks ago. I was going to say, we did a podcast recently mm-hmm. and a whole wellness about connecting with the network. And teaching people what you know. Right? Yeah. So that ties in perfectly. Yeah. We got to add that to the wellness this week. Right? <laughs> That's a refresher. So um, what I want to jump into now... Um, <laughs> is to see, because I think we talked about it before, obviously we've had a conversation before this, but I would love it if you could share, um, if you, for for both of you, you know, just feel free to take turns, but do you have a meditation practice and is that something where you've noticed a difference in how you approach your work or if there's anything that's changing your personal life or I'm sorry, your professional life as a result of having a meditation practice in your personal life? Yes, this is Minda. So for me, I started meditating back in 20. 20- 15, my job allowed us to have mindful meditation and they had different stations set up across campus. And so I would take advantage of that. And it was so helpful. And then from there, I actually started uh, going to other practices outside of mindful meditation. And so to this day, I take that time in the morning and before bed. Uh, I like to center myself before I get started and then also round it out before I go to sleep. And so I'm not an expert by any means, but I found that taking that time, carving out that me time just to get some perspective and reflect on the day really helps me move forward and have a clear head. Mm-hmm. What's funny, I think that's kind of how Jasmine got started in meditation too, yeah. having a job that was that required a certain level of peace and calm, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If, if you if you've ever heard one of my one of our old podcasts, um, I always just say bless her heart because there was a person who got me to be a very deep meditator, and I I can't thank her enough. Um, I don't know that she knew that she was doing it, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, we need those people. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it was helpful, but I definitely do feel like as soon as I showed up to work after a meditation and took that time in the morning every response I had was just different and it was, and it was so much more conducive to getting good work done and working well with people and also just keeping my equilibrium throughout the day, regardless of what was going on. And I don't know if you guys have experienced that as well, uh, Lauren, maybe if you have an experience that you wanted to share, feel free. So I, I don't have a meditation practice and listening to y'all right now reminds me that I need to get back into one. So I tried meditating a few times and, and always noticed the difference after, but it just hasn't stuck with me in a consistency way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this feels similar or works. I know that one thing that maybe is a little strange to admit is I love to play arcade basketball. And <laughs> what I love about it is that it's really repetitive. I don't, 
I don't have to run after the ball. I just have to focus on one thing. And mm-hmm. and I don't know that it's exactly the same, but the feeling I get afterwards is the feeling that I would get when I did try meditating. And it's one of the very few things that stops my mind. And then I know when I go into work or I go into a situation, I feel more clear-headed. But, yeah, listening to you reminds me that I need to get back into the consistency of taking that time. But you're exactly right. Any type of activity that's going to just stop the mind from all the different thoughts and Mm -hmm. all the different things happening with it gives us the the space to Mm -hmm. find that peace and quiet, you know, to really come back to whatever we're doing with a little more clarity, a little more just just space is what I like to call it. Yeah, for sure. It helps you organize the thoughts a little bit better. And if that's and for you, if that's what that practice is, then I I think that actually is very much how meditation works. So you are on to something. Yeah. <laughs> no. And what's funny, Minda, you wrote an article for Forbes that I just loved. I found it randomly when I was going through your memo site. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. But you wrote a great article in Forbes. You wrote about three beginner tools that entrepreneurs who want a strong start. And the last piece of that the last the third thing i shouldn't give them first because i want everyone to go read it but (laughs) third one you mentioned was leader versus manager and i think changing a mindset is so important in that respect and i think that's where also meditation comes in where you can see where you want to be and have a different thought process about the two different roles Mm. right because seat at the table means being able to change your mindset from manager to leader right to being just an employee but and rather than being a person who actually is, is, is having a seat at the table. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious what Minda, what, if you could expand on that leader versus manager mindset and mentality. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think we've all had good managers and we've all had good leaders and we've all had bad managers who <laughs> were leading us. Right. And so um, there are two different things. And I think managers are more oftentimes they're promoted into a space where maybe they've never had any managerial experience. And so managing a team, whether it be one or 50, it sometimes can be new to them. So a lot of it is just checking the boxes, making sure that the operational things are taken care of. But then leaders are more of the forward thinkers, the inspirers, thinking how can we take each team with the skills that they have and position everybody towards success, moving this team forward. And I think that you can be both, but oftentimes mm-hmm. um, people don't invest in the necessary skill set to make sure that leaders are great managers and managers are really great leaders. And I think we don't come across many of them because those skills aren't cultivated. Those, you know, taking uh, different webinars or coaching programs to help you move forward in that and learn how, how do you get the most out of your team? Like you're never going to be a good leader if you're just tasked managing people throughout the day, but how do you inspire them? How do you lead them? And I think it's so important for people to understand that because being the boss isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading them to the goal, to the end game. And you have to be a good leader to inspire a group of diverse people, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. To come to your training course. Right? <laughs> because I'm like writing down notes. I'm like, we, we should be, we should know this. Yes, leaders. That is, that's so good. And I, and I, I know it wasn't a question. I wasn't going to bring it up because I read it on my own time, yeah. but I had to get, dig deeper into that. And I'm glad I did because what you provided there is something that people can take into their homes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the leader of your family, 
you're required to do the same type of things, which is to inspire, you know, your troops, right. your family. Keep right. that, you know what I mean? Keep that momentum and that positivity going and mm-hmm. still run the day-to-day task. Right. So, and thinking about and thinking about yourself being the leader and the manager in whatever space you're in, even if it's just in your community or in your mm-hmm. environment or whatever that is, but if everyone starts to think like a leader and starts to really think about the team and the group as opposed to just the individual success, I think that makes yeah. a huge difference. No, that's great. Yeah. So what I'm excited about is that um, we did include one of the uh, memo articles in this week's wellness. And the the article we included was, what do you have to lose? And I love that question. And we're always at Blags and we are always talking about thinking bigger and um, thinking differently. And what do you have to lose? I thought was so was such a personal story, but also made a lot of sense for like, sometimes we just get held back because we're we keep kind of holding on to what we think we're going to lose by taking a chance on doing something. And I wanted to see if you could talk about this, um, you know, Mender Lauren, feel free to jump in. If you could talk about it in reference to how that shows up in work and, and how to kind of create a seat at the table and what people think they have to lose and what they really have to gain instead. Yeah. You know, I'll add a little bit uh, since I wrote that article and then Lauren can, can add some value to to that from her perspective, but I think oftentimes rather prefer, I'm sorry, rather professionally or personally, which I think they're all intertwined, we have to think about taking the risk. And sometimes our curiosity has to be larger than our fears. We can't let our fears stop us. What if, what if, what if? If you live your life that way, then you're never going to know what's on the other side of that. And so for me, I was inspired to write that because Everything I've done thus far in my life has been because of a risk. I've been afraid, but my curiosity trumps that. And say for the memo, for example, starting that, reaching out to Lauren and saying, hey, one day you're going to be my co-founder, and then building that together was important. But what if I was scared? What if I – Lauren could have said no, just like she, you know, kind of laughed me off like, okay, Minda, whatever, you know, but that didn't stop me, (laughs) you know. So it's important just to say, what do I have to lose? What do you have to lose to speak uh, faith or affirmations for yourself or for your career or for your personal life? Because every time that I've taken a risk, it's really turned out well. Even in those moments where it didn't work out quite the way I wanted to, I had nothing to lose at all. Yeah. Lauren, Lauren, what do you think about that? When she came to you, were you like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think that, it is it is about risk taking, and I am generally fairly risk averse. But you know, Minda kept planting the seeds, and and just knowing that at the end of the day, I think it was Brene Brown who said nothing is wasted, and that even the risks that we take, if they don't turn out the way that we plan them to, to turn out, at the end of the day, we will have learned something from them, and that's what I. Try how I try to approach things that I am petrified to do, whether that is starting a business or saying yes to speaking somewhere. I realize that whatever it is, the things that I've been most afraid of and things that maybe haven't panned out well, or maybe they have, I've always learned something from them. And, you know, I'll always joke with Minda, I'll say, you know, this is something for the memoir or I love that. So I feel like we've actually, one of the questions I had for you guys, I think just in terms of you guys being such interesting 
um, women and having such valuable things to say, you've actually already given our listeners a lot of nuggets. So um, I'm going to shorten my next question and just say, if you could give one key piece of advice to our listeners from the memo perspective about how to secure a seat at the table, what would each of you say? Yeah, this is Lauren. I'll take that one first. I would say the biggest thing is to practice cultivating skills before you actually need those skills. And this could go for public speaking, negotiating, dealing with conflict, et cetera. I think that when you seek out opportunities in a lower risk setting, say partnering on a project with somebody senior in your office, by the time you get a big project, you won't feel so nervous about it. You may still feel nervous, but it won't feel like such a daunting thing that you've never done before. So I say practice now, practice speaking places, practice negotiating with people, do the things that aren't imperative now, and then the moment that they do become imperative, it won't feel so scary. That's helpful. I'm going to use that. (laughs) (laughs) Minda? That was great, Lauren. Uh, Great advice. I would say for me, so I think in our journey sometimes we do come up against disappointment and we come against maybe you took the risk and, again, it didn't turn out the way you want to or you had a bad coworker and every time you go to a a new job, you keep running into that same kind of coworker. And so I think we have to understand and try not to let bitterness poison our journey because I think when we get bitter or we ask, why not me, that poisons our journey. And so I would encourage people just to, you know, not have that kind of outlook. And I think meditation and clearing your mind and and centering yourself will allow you not to take that baggage from place to place. Oh, my God, you're so right. You just hit on exactly what I was going to say. And that was that meditation builds compassion. You know, you build compassion with the people around you, the people that you're working with who you not necessarily don't want to work with, but mm-hmm. you just become more patient as well with the people on your team when they're either not functioning or performing or, you know, there's just conflict. Mm-hmm. Conflict comes up all the time. But like you said, I mean, being able to be compassionate with other people about that work and, you know, just be nice. Be nice. But, but also, but also <laughs> but, like not like acknowledge it, but also I think you're right. Like don't hold on to it either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's okay to be honest if that's not the person that you'd want to go like have a cup of coffee with, but that also doesn't mean that every time you come into work, you let that ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I could talk to you guys forever because now I have just like nine more questions. But instead, <laughs> what I want to do is um, where <laughs> I feel like there's so much good stuff that we got out of this. So hold on, hold on. Before hmm. you get to your last question. Okay. I have one fun question. Just oh, because yeah. I'm curious too. And I think this will help put things in perspective when it comes to women getting a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to know where people started to where they are now. Oh, right? okay, that's helpful. So if everyone could just say, what was your worst job and why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll go in We order. might have to do it encoded. So you don't have to give, like, the name of the organization if you don't want to. But, you know, just give a, a little bit of a blurb. Let's see. Yeah. And then the reason we're doing this is because I think for me, if I heard this and I was, let's say, in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And my job is not even career status-wise or mm-hmm. not even close. Mm-hmm. It just shows where you can be. I mean, you guys have your own business now, you know? So I'll start first. <laughs> Stacy was a retail clerk for, I was a sales girl for how many years, Jeff? Mm, 
I've had some at odd least jobs, five you know. or six. I, I want to say. Can you imagine me and my, me with my customer service skills? It's intense. <laughs> <laughs> so, but <laughs> but what I learned from that experience was, even though I'm not in a position that I am comfortable with or that I enjoy, it's still important to be pleasant. Mm-hmm. That's the takeaway from any retail. If anyone who's in retail knows, you just have to smile sometime and deal with the customers that you get. And not let it affect you. So, and for Stacy, because you know she she shows everything on her face. Oh yeah. So I feel like, in a way, um, the world was preparing you for what you would do later on by giving <laughs> you that soft skill yes. to smile, even if you didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a lesson in training. Yeah, it still comes out. Yeah, that's why it's a podcast, not a video chat. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, All right. Let's see. Lauren, tell us, what was your worst job and why? And what did you learn? Oh, gosh. This is such a hard question because I'm scrolling through the archives, and I think the most jobs that I've had, I've hated for a minute and loved for other minutes. So (laughs) this is is hard. I I know, let's see, I want to say when I was either – Oh, I got it. <laughs> I worked for it was it was one summer out of college, and I worked helping uh, someone start up their own little side business. But my job was essentially to cold call people and convince them to come in for a demo to start working at this like pyramid scheme of a company. <laughs> and I was not great at cold calling people. But I think that I, what I enjoyed about that is that I also got to work with a friend of mine and we got to leave that experience with a story. And I think that some of what I learned from that experience as well is that sometimes you just need to make some money and you need to work. And Mm -hmm. I became less afraid to call people on the phone and ask for things after being told no so many times at that job. Now, that is a skill that I think anyone can apply in any type of career situation. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to deal with rejection in a way that doesn't affect you mm-hmm. as hard as it could, you know, I feel like some like actors, you know. <laughs> You're rejected all the time. Jasmine, yeah. is that your is that going to be your <laughs> No, what's funny? Okay, so I Jasmine was an actor, you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Skip. <laughs> I'm gonna. I should put the old subway commercial on. <laughs> I swear to you, if somebody sends us a clip of that, I will feel so mortified. A, yeah. I I had a mixture actually. So, um, I I did move back to LA after living in New York for a time, and I was um auditioning and really trying to put myself out there, and that was one of the worst jobs, only because you could never actually do the job you wanted to do. Right. Like all I wanted to do was act. Instead, I just auditioned all the time. And then like you go into a room and there'd be like 10 people who look like you and you're like, I am not original. Do you know? <laughs> but um, but what I will say is that what it did teach me was how to understand my value and that nobody is me. Even if somebody looks like me, they might have the same skin tone, the same hairstyle. But like my flavor, my story, how I do something, how I say something, my my own person that I bring to every role. Nobody else can do that. 
That's mm-hmm. me. That's authentically me. And when I'm being myself, that's when I left the greatest impression in every room that I was in. And that's why I unapologetically do that now. We've learned some great lessons with this question. I just want to point out. <laughs> One, how to deal with rejection. Mm-hmm. How to work when you need to work no matter what. Because sometimes you just got to take a job. Right. 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 Retail. How to smile even when things are crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Minda, take us home. <laughs> well, um, I, I'm like, oh, man, I have so many I could choose from, really. But I don't know that I can articulate as good of a lesson learned as you just did. <laughs> but I will try. Um, so I was actually working in my professional career, but a few, maybe five or so years into college or after college, but I wasn't making enough money at the time. And so what do you do? Sometimes you take a side job or create a side hustle. And um, I don't talk about this often, but I had a neighbor who was a locksmith and he kind of worked. <laughs> I, I don't really even know if it was an LLC or he used to do this on the side himself, but he would always say, Minda, if you want to make some extra cash, I'll teach you how to locksmith and you can go out there and make, you know, two, $300 a pop. And so for the whole summer, after I would work my day job, I would go and pop locks. Uh, and <laughs> no pun intended. And everything. I mean, I still have the tools, okay? I have the receipts. And it's so funny because I never thought I'd be in that situation. <laughs> but it taught me good customer service. It taught me how to be humble, um, you know, and it taught me how to negotiate because some of that required, you know, you'd show up to the person's door and, they're desperate. And so, you know, you'd say $300. And then if you really saw desperation, uh, my boss, he'd say, charge him $100 extra. You know, <laughs> all of these different things. Oh my I feel I feel bad. Uh, it only lasted summer. I was young. I need to pay my rent. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and, and it was legal. So uh, a lot learned from that. <laughs> that is so great. And I love oh, that wow. you mentioned being humble. Yeah. I think I think all four of us as Mm -hmm. business people, as as professionals who Mm -hmm. kind of really had jobs that were nowhere near the seat at the table. No, no. I used to to clean bathrooms when I worked in a coffee shop. Shame. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. But but being humble Mm -hmm. wherever you are in your career, right? And being able to just do what needs to get done to make it work eventually. But also understanding that that, knowing that that was just... um, a step in your journey that was not, that was not the end game. And I think we've all moved on from those jobs and kind of stepped into roles that feel like they're closer to what's true for us now, because we understood that that was just a stepping stone. It -hmm. did not define us. It was simply a moment. It was a blip on the radar of the rest of our lives. And now here we are in this very like different place because we understood that that was not the place to stop. It was simply the place to move through and learn the lesson and then keep moving. Yeah. And if you guys found this enjoyable, I imagine this is what you get when you sign up for the memo. Mm-hmm. You know, a mm-hmm. group of women professionals mm-hmm. who have varied backgrounds, but can all contribute to a conversation about professionalism, how to make moves, mm-hmm. with the experience of people that have been there and done it from start to finish. Exactly. Right? So on that note, can you guys let us know where our listeners can find out more information about what you do? And if you guys have something coming up? Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at 
My Weekly Memo. We're also on Facebook at The Memo. And you can follow our blog and sign up for some of our upcoming events and career development boot camps at www.myweeklymemo.com. Awesome. I love it. And as always, we hope that you guys have a wonderful week. We hope that you learned something and that uh, this gave you some good fuel to make sure that you yourselves are creating a seat at the table. Yes. And we'll be speaking more about that for those that did not read the weekly wellness this week. Go back, (laughs) check it out. Check out the memos article. Mm -hmm. It's definitely going to put you in the right direction. So exactly. Thank you ladies so much for coming on this show. This has been awesome. We had fun. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. For more about what we do at Black Zen, visit blackzen.co. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Jazz and I will talk to you next week.